1: Give you the five dollars for that intro afterwards, Josh. Five dollars, four dollars and 75 cents, actually. Amen. Honored to be here. Every time I come, it's a different uh, platform and venue. I don't know what's going on with y'all. I think we were, I was coming across the street, right? It's across the street, right? Uber came over here and whatnot. And then Josh was like, No, we over here. And I'm like, Oh, okay. He says, Yeah, we. We, uh, we, we, uh, we, we had a better, a better move over here. And I praise the Lord for that. Somebody say amen. amen. Uh, please do not look at the Lord uh, relocating you as a problem with you. But understand that uh, you are right where he wants you to be. And sometimes Paul wanted to go to a certain part. And the Lord said, wait. You're my business. That's it. And Bridge, you're his business. I know you think you grown." Come on. Some of y'all looking at me funny now, you're like, who we talking to like that? I know you think you're grown, but you're only eight years old. What eight-year-old knows how to live? (laughs) Amen. Giving honor to uh, uh, my brother, James Roberson, and Dr. Rasu. I know he's not a doctor yet, but he'll be a doctor one day because that brother got long braids and is brilliant. And I know he's going to change the world and already has. So honored to be here with you all. I love you, Mark. I love you. I wish I could have Mark in my pocket. And I could just, whenever I'm feeling low and depressed and stressed and shipwrecked in my faith, I can just pull him out and start worshiping the way he worships. Because there's an anointed worship that comes out of this house. All glory to God. Uh, honored to be here. And we've had our own interruptions in our ministry at Promised Land Covenant Church. And I want to say thank you to the elders, to Steve. I was able to go to Steve Cantor's house and on uh, the city to city and, so, and uh, denominational business. And, and uh, we are family. And you don't know me, maybe. Some of you do, some of you don't. I don't know anybody because everybody's got a mask on. But you guys have been so supportive to our ministry in the Bronx. Over the last two years, like many churches throughout the city, we've suffered incredible loss. We've suffered incredible deaths, fatalities in our congregations. We've been shipwrecked. We've been pushed on every side, but we've not been abandoned. We've not been left alone because our God is a faithful God. Somebody say amen. Amen. And this church, amen. Even though this church is half the age of our church, you've been supportive to us when we were on our knees and didn't know what to do. We had a fire that hit us, uh, uh, in, uh, in the Westchester Avenue of the Bronx. It took the entire block. Nine businesses stopped at the corner, blew up the chicken spot, and then kept going down the block and destroyed three churches. One of them was ours. And when the, when the firemen came and they came in, you know, firemen, they're coming to save a life. They don't come in to save furniture. They don't care about how your projector, how your TV. They don't care about the gate. They don't care about the windows. They don't care about your nothing. The leather furniture, that don't mean nothing to them. They're there to save a life. And so they destroyed the church in the process of trying to save a life. Uh, thank God that nobody was hurt in that fire, but it shipwrecked us. And then we were disoriented. And over the last two years, I've been preaching in backyards, in living rooms, in kitchens. Yep, that's right. Some of y'all are going to be in kitchens with no food in the kitchen, just me, a microphone, and a camera. <laughs> and I felt so disoriented. I felt as if God was punishing us. And at one point, and I've shared this a couple of times, but I want you to know, at one point, I was in my, in my bed um, uh, in a fetal position, uh, with the covers up to my uh, uh, face, looking at the ceiling, because my deep theological constructs are always born when I'm looking at the ceiling, and I don't know what to do. That's when I talk to God. Come on, somebody say amen, amen. right? It's when you in that place where you can't call mommy, can't call daddy, can't call nobody, that you got to call Jesus and say, J- I need a word. I, I need a whisper. I, I need a touch, I need you to do something here because I'm bugging out right now. Am I trying to keep something alive that you're trying to kill? Come on now. Am I trying? Are my efforts trying to keep something alive? Because, Lord, you done sent the fire? And then after we rehabbed the building, and y'all helped us. It was your money too. We rehabbed the building. You know what happens? The worst hurricane in 125 years hits the Bronx. I ain't never even heard of a hurricane hitting the Bronx. (laughs) Tears, literally tears the roof off the building. After we done bought the stuff back again, tore down, it was raining inside the building. And we turned around and I said to myself, as I laid in the bed and looking at the sheet, looking at the ceiling through my sheets, I said, Lord, do you, is this it? Am I done? Am I done? And he said to me, he said, stand up. worship me he said you are my business you are my business you are my business i don't know who i'm talking to today but the lord sent me here to tell you this morning we have the base text we're going to dive into that you are the lord's business no matter who's walking out on you, no matter who's betrayed you, no matter who's left you, no matter who's fired you, no matter who's rejected you, no matter said somebody said you wasn't pretty enough, wasn't dark enough, wasn't white enough, was, wasn't thick enough, wasn't you, whatever the enough was, you are God's business. And whatever struggle you're dealing with today, you're right where God wants you to be and his providential plan for you. That should be liberating for this entire room because that means that there's a purpose behind the madness and the crazy that's happening in your life. That ain't gonna hit you now. That'll hit you on the way home. That'll hit you when you're under the sheets looking at the ceiling and saying, Lord, I need a word. And then he's gonna say, Remember that slightly overweight but very cute Puerto Rican guy that came from the Bronx? <laughs> slightly overweight. <laughs> Actually, it's COVID weight or else I'd look like Josh. I'd have Josh's body. <laughs> I've been hating on Pastor James. Pastor James has been getting thin and making me look wider disrespectful no sort of loyalties or pastoral ethic to colleagues so I'm sitting there and we had a fire and then we had a flood and now I'm in the backyard binding up pigeons in the name of Jesus because you know pigeons they don't stop they'd be like yeah well you know and they just let it fly (laughs) I'm binding them up and then we get an opportunity to get a building and uh, just a few months ago, we got our building, three floors of ministry, lower level. Amen, praise be to God. Matter of fact, I think that the Young Life pregnant moms that are leaving are leaving from the spot in 130A uh, because yeah, they just leased our entire lower level. So Octavia, the director, is actually taking single moms from uh, August 1st or 2nd to whatever Look at that. Y'all don't even know that. Look at how we're connected. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. They're believing from our church, right? So Young Life is on the bottom, our sanctuary is in the second, and the administrative offices are on the top. But that came after being divinely interrupted. Wow. That came after me going through the struggle. And the struggle being so real that I almost quit. Now I know I'm the preacher and the professor and the bishop and the overseer, and people don't talk like that, but I want to keep it a buck fifty and a hundred because I'm in bridge church. Let me translate that for the folk that don't understand that language. <laughs> Let me be totally vulnerable and transparent. <laughs> can I kick it? Yes. So say yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes. Amen. So what happens is that there's times you want to give up and the struggle is real, but there's always a divine interruption that God has for you. The question for this church and, and, my, and, and this is what the Lord has put in my heart. What condition is your roof in? Bridge Church. What condition is your roof in? And can God bust up your roof so that the mirac- miraculous and supernatural can take precedent over the routine? Can God mess you up so he can correct you and mold you and shape you and then dispatch you into the mystery of Christ's grace? So that you can experience the dunamis and the dynamo, the power of God, the explosive power of God that draws those that are lost in the dark into the light of life. What's the condition of your roof? We're in Mark chapter two, starting at verse one. Just the first ten verses. Mark chapter two, verse I'm reading from the real word of God, the ESV. For all you NIVers and I'm teasing. There's no this is translation. ESV, but I like to mess with the Reformed like, Iglesia Reformada. Uh, I like to mess with the Reformed heads because they think ESV is the Word of God. Amen. Mark chapter 2, starting at verse 1, the Bible says this, and when he returned to Capernaum, some days it was reported that he was home. Stop right there. First theological observation when you're looking at first century texts, and I've spent some time in seminary over the years studying this text masters in theological studies with a concentration in New Testament literature and you study you don't just exegete the text you don't just take apart the text and get the definition, you look at the history you look at the culture, you look at the players you look at the narrative, you look at the entire pericope, we don't take the sentence and then start a doctrine we look at what's happening within the paragraph and what is the imagery that the author is trying to convey to those that will be reading in the now and in the future this is what we call exegesis or exegesis Jesus would be me putting what I want into the text and we don't want to do that because that's when you get into trouble and heresy is born and really ignorance starts to infiltrate, come on somebody say amen, amen. and we got enough preachers spreading ignorance, come on don't get excited this is Brooklyn I'm in Brooklyn, you know what I mean got enough ignorance being spread all over the world and this is truth, the truth, the living truth, the infallible word of God, the revelation of God. This is the theonoustos, the inspiration of God, given to us for the empowerment and the assignment and the edification and the dispatch of the church of the living God. Amen. This is the word of God that sets us free at the reading, at the meditation, after reflection. I don't need to lay hands on you. You can, you can have an experience on the illuminated Holy Spirit and Him transform your heart at the reading of the word. Somebody say amen. amen. Now by this time, historically, Jesus, his name was already all over the place. So he couldn't pass gas without everybody knowing. <laughs> this is why the very first sentence says this when he returned to Capernaum, and some days it was reported that well, who reported? Start to ask questions when you read a text. Who's doing the reporting? Why are they reporting? It was reported that he came home. Why? Because wherever he went, the power of God was manifest. Wherever Jesus walked into a room, the room changed. When he walked into a synagogue, the synagogue changed. When he opened his mouth to preach and unpacked Torah, it would change the heart of the listener. It would change the hearing of the listener. It would transform the the society that that he was dropped into at the moment. So people paid attention when Jesus was in the room. The Bible says this, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even in the door. Sort of looked a little bit like this. Problem is that our, our English translation, in, even in the ESV, which is deep get, deep get, supposedly, the get is a Puerto Rican way of saying, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> supposed to be the cleanest translation currently. But even in this uh, reading, it doesn't, from the Greek text, it sounds more like the entire city besieged the house. Military word, they all ran to him where he was. And we look at this and the imagery that we get is a little house, like a little house on the prairie. And, you know, there's a few people there. No, 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 no. Understand the entire city. What if all of Brooklyn just showed up to this address? What would it look like? That's the imagery in the text. You got to do the social, cultural, historical exegesis to understand what the imagery really is. And it's impactful in the interpretive process. Your hermeneutics should change. When you do the digging and the research of the background, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room even at the door. It was packed out in there. You couldn't even get into the space, and then out into the street it was packed out. And it says, "Now, now says this." And he was preaching the word of them, the word to them, and they came and bring to him a paralytic carried by four men. Let's stop there. I want to. I want to. I want to unpack this. Understand that you got four. Homies, four friends carrying a fifth friend. We don't know if it was in a in a in a in a stretcher. We don't know if they had two long sticks and he was in a fishnet, which would have been more appropriate because of the time that were that they were in. But they're coming in to look, and they got the report that Jesus was there, and it's so packed out into the street that they they come and they say, "We got to get him to Jesus." Now, you get to some services, some people are going to walk by, have interest in coming in, see so many people, see the chandeliers and be, oh, this is a conundrum. What are they doing? (laughs) Chandeliers, all these people gathering. Is this a church? Or is this a show? Or is this an art gathering? What is this? What is this? this? Good questions. Good questions. But some people would see the mob and keep going. Some people will see it's too crowded and keep going. I don't know if you're naturally paranoid like me because I was brought up in the barrio and then went to the Bronx. But if I see a crowded room, I'm looking for the door. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I want my back against the wall so I can see where everybody's at. All those vacations on Rikers Island did that to me. So I'm looking at the room. If the room's too packed, nah. Somebody says run, we all run. Somebody's going to tell. So there's issues. There's dynamics with a crowded room, with a crowded space, with a crowded church. Why am I saying this? The four people that are carrying the guy that's all busted up and and paralyzed, It doesn't deter them. It doesn't deter them. You got four homies that are ride or die for real. Uh, You got four people that care so much. I'm trying to translate this for you. I don't want it to get lost in translation. Four people that care so much about the condition of this paralyzed individual, that the crowd does not scare them. They're not detoured. They're not confused. They're on mission. Yes. We're going to hold you down, son. As a matter of fact, I can hear one person saying, "No, you're going to walk again. You're going to walk again. We're going to get you in front of Jesus. But look at the mob. What mob? Now, if you study uh, ancient architecture, especially within the first Sanctuary, you understand that this was not a big house, and this was probably a two-story house, and there was probably stairs on the side historically, and the, and the roof, the roof of these first-century houses in this context were not, were not, were not flimsy. Too, too often we'll read this text, and we think, oh, they broke in through the roof. Must have been a cardboard house. Let me help you with that. It wasn't. Not only did these four people not get detoured at the mob of the entire borough being in front of this, and they can't even see Jesus as he's preaching and teaching, but they turn around and they put in the work of saying, let's get on top of the roof. Who does that? (laughs) Who is so willing to help somebody else that they will move through a bunch of other strangers and then climb, not even just just climb and carry their own weight. These four persons, up the weight of the person who couldn't pick up themselves and got them up the side of the building onto the roof. And it doesn't stop there. This roof was built to hold a bedroom or another scale of the house. Work happened on top of this roof. This was not a cardboard roof. This was not a flimsy infrastructure. And what they start to do is they start to break into the roof. Hold up, this ain't even a house. Can you imagine? The house owner? Who are all these people in my living room? Jesus, you're going to preach, get your preach on, amen. We got visitors, amen. What's going on with the roof? All the while, the text tells us that Jesus was preaching. Now listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. It never says that Jesus gets upset at the reconstruction of the modification of the edifice. Because as he's preaching, they're digging a hole through the roof. Now, I've been at churches growing up where if a baby starts crying, I've seen the preacher, the bishop, somebody shut that kid up in the middle of the service. Come on, somebody say amen. All you Church of God and Christ kids, y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on! You Seventh-day Adventist background folk, come on, somebody say amen! Especially a black preacher, He'd be like, yo, order in the house of God. Don't be walking, don't be running, hold it, then go to the bathroom after the offering. (laughs) Come on. This is the reality. The institutional church has its own social dynamics, has its own rules and regulations and culture and ethos, behavior patterns. None of that comes into play here, Kelly. Jesus is preaching. The Bible doesn't say he even twitched. He just kept, well, he's, you know, he's the, he's the Lord. Yes. So he knows what's about to pop off. He knows what's about to happen. Bilingual for y'all, see what I'm saying? If I break out into Spanish, it'll be trilingual. Oh. If I speak in heavenly tongues, I'll die, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just, for the Baptists among us, I'm sorry. You don't get offended. Cessationists. But ultimately, Jesus is not shocked at the modification of the edifice. The owner of the house has either went to sleep, doesn't care, or is going with the flow of what's happening. Understand there's a mob outside and inside the space. These four people are so gangster and hood, they go climb up the wall, carry this body, break into the roof. I need faith like that. I need prayer warriors like that. I need intercessors like that. That are not going to get fall into turmoil when I'm surrounded by a bunch of people. But they're going to turn around and look past all the people and still push through and pray for me. And then be willing in prayer to dig in through the roof to make sure the supernatural is manifest. God, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. These four people have don't even know their names. But they carry this person up They get on top of the roof. They start to reconstruct the edifice. You know that this guy of the house wasn't Latino because he would have popped off. You know he wasn't from, you know, East New York because it would have been, you know what I mean? Shots fired, man down, what you doing to my crib? There would have been violence. (laughs) Right? That's not what happens here. What happens here is that in the middle of the church service, there's a divine intervention And the ecclesiology is not confused or disoriented because now the divine, the supernatural is about to step into the preaching of the word. Listen to that. Jesus is preaching as the stuff is falling down. Doesn't mention if anybody's dismayed. And when they get him down, the people that are there either help them come into the space. We don't know. The text doesn't tell us. But what we do know that in the middle of the preaching of the word, the ecclesiology is not strained. It's not not confused. It doesn't turn into chaos. But what happens is the miraculous. There's a divine intervention in the church service as the roof is blown off. What's the condition of the roof of this church? Can the Lord break your roof? And can he interrupt your program Come on. and then turn around and put you right across the street to what you thought was the promised land. Come on. And understand that he has plans for you. He knows the plans he has for you. Come on. Now people miss, miss it. Don't start snapping. <laughs> don't start saying bars. No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> because the proper context and exegesis of for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord as I send you into 75 years Of what? Exile. Exile. See, that changes the whole dynamic of the text. Come on, somebody. And those who have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We can bless the Lord our God as he sends us into exile, but it's still exile. It's still slavery. It's still subjugation to a majority culture that is pagan and ruthless and evil and fallen. And the rhetoric and the ideologies that come from that government are not that of, of, of Israel and are contradictory to Torah and have no representation to Yahweh but I know the plans I have for you as I burn down the whole block <laughs> I know the plans I have for you as after I burn down the block and I make you spend all that money you got in there because you relied on your bank account more than you relied on me I'm going to wash it away with a 125 year hurricane named Ida. toma, guanta eso, whole that. And not when you're about to give up. Not when you're about to throw in the chips. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start sending you to backyards to remind you of where you come from. I'm going to send you to living rooms so you never forget that I've called you and you didn't call yourself. I'm going to send you to places that you don't want to go. I'm going to have you speak to a camera, to an empty room. And I expect you to preach to that camera like you're preaching to 500 people in the space. I want you to be faithful to me. I want you to focus on me. I want to reinvigorate your faith, your hermeneutic, your understanding, your walk. I want you to believe in me. I want you to trust me and not your own understanding. But every word that proceeds out of my mouth, I want you to hold on to it. And let it form you and forge you and break you. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And any man or woman that has chosen me over husband or wife or family. Let's put that in proper context. It doesn't mean leave your spouse. It doesn't mean abandon your children. It means I come first. And as you worship me, I put all the other stuff into its proper place. As you honor me, I will honor you in front of your spouse. As you make me your God, your children will know that I'm your God and that I will become their God as you reflect my image to them. As you train them in the way they say, who am I talking to this morning? What's the condition of your roof, bridge? And can God intervene? Can God interrupt? Can God remix wicked, 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 wicked? Your rhythms Can he further diversify your community? Matter of fact, let me ask you an honest question. How many dinners are you having with sinners? Because the church service don't start into the text until we bring the sinner that's paralyzed into the presence of the master. That's when the anointing of God and the religious that are there have questions. How dare he say, how dare he say, your sins are forgiven. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts because he's God, says, oh, let me let me show you something yeah, yeah. so that you know the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins, not to heal, but to forgive sins. The, 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 the response of the healing is to show his deity because their question is a theological one. Their question is, he's asking a question as if he's God. His response is, I am God. Your sins are forgiven. Take up your mat, get up, walk. That's the response. We think it's about healing. No, it's about Jesus revealing. He's not just a sage or the master or a rabbi or a great teacher. He is God incarnate and he's among men and he's the tabernacled one. Come on, somebody, he's Emmanuel. And what happens is that when the interruption happens, That's when the church service happens. Listen to me. The ministry of apologia, the clarification of the faith, because we don't have to argue with anybody about God. Somebody say amen. amen. They want to claim Gnosticism not knowing what Gnosticism is? Let them. You show them Jesus in your actions. They want to claim atheism? Right? Let them. You love them as if they're your brother and sister in Jesus. They want to say their pronoun is this, that, and the other? So what? You let Jesus deal with their heart. You love them. You embrace them. You make space for them. And you say, the Lord has called you. You're the amalgam that you're made in the image of God. And God loves you. And let God and the Spirit of God work that out as you speak truth in love. Jesus does not incarnate, step out of glory to beat us into heaven. He steps out of glory, puts on humanity to love us into heaven. And he protests. Protest! Listen to me. He protests. Jesus protests our eternal, our potential eternal separation from God by going all the way to the cross in silence. His protest was in silence. He didn't have the big bullhorn. He didn't have the seven thousand people. He went in silence as a lamb to the slaughter, protesting our eternal separation. He did not want us to go to hell. Have you ever heard the gospel presented like that? Many haven't. This is staunch fundamentalism. The, the people have taken this text and institutionalized it. But let me say this to you: the very breaking of the roof is a deconstruction of an institutional ecclesiology. The miracle happens because of the divine interruption of the roof. The miracle happens because these people have faith to move past the crowd. The miracle happens because Jesus ain't worried about a service; he's worried about a soul. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? Bridge Church, can God continue to mold you and shape you? Can he continue to put holes in your roof? How many dinners with sinners are you having? How many people in here are unbelieving or in the process of believing or in the process of searching? The truth is we're not having church. It was just a bunch of believers in the room. I'm going to say that again. If we all saved, sanctified with the name in the book, we ain't having church. It's a social club, dog. <laughs> Where's the broken? Where's the hungry? Where's the naked? Where's the immigrant? Where's the gender searching? See how I said that? And can you love them? Can God put a hole in this roof and bring them in here? Come on! Don't fall asleep on me now. Can God build his church? Because he said he would build it. And he said the very gates of hell will not prevail against it. But it does not mean that the gates of hell will not show up in the form of a fire. In the form of a flood. Sometimes they'll move you across the street. Across the street. Not ten blocks away. You were close to the promised land. Now you're in the promised land. I know somebody got upset that I said that. You be high. I'll be back next July. What's the condition of your roof? What's the condition of your roof? And are there people in this place that don't believe the way you believe? And if they're not here yet, go find them and get them in here because that's your job, church. We ain't supposed to be sitting here huddling, enjoying Mark. And that's enjoyment, I love that. Worship, mira, Ete, yo, yo, hey. I can listen to that boy sing all, that man, sing, sing. You got me yelling through that mask. I know I sound like a dead cat when I sing, I know it. But I don't sing for you, I sing for Jesus. So I can howl if I want to howl. You were saying that. Amen. Amen. He's a worship leader, so he knows that all yelling is worship. He knows that. But I say this. I say this to say, can God interrupt? Can God bring in gangster intercessors that are carrying in the broken? Every single one of you that can hear the sound of my voice is called to be one of these four people carrying this broken paralytic. Every single one of you. But wait a minute, I didn't go to seminary, so what? Wait a minute, I don't have the Baptist Convention, so what? Wait a minute, I'm Pentecostal, so what? You're called to share the gospel as you live out your faith amongst your neighbors. And in doing so, it will put holes in your roof. As people who don't believe as you do will find safety in the presence of Yeshua Messiah. Fill this place with sinners. Start having dinners with sinners. And when I say sinners, know that you're a sinner too. What I'm saying is that people that don't believe like you, you're called to be the living sermon. Not James, not Josh, not Mike. You are called as living vessels, as living letters to be read of men. Yeah, yeah. This church is called a missional church. I praise God that you had to move across the street. That's the only confirmation that God is dealing with you. Because you moved across the street and you still packed up. There's so many heads in here breathing the AC, then die. <laughs> That's when you have in service, dog. Come on. Now, when people start getting bougie, you know, a little uppity, they say, oh, it's too hot. I got to go. I'll catch the video. <laughs> For Satan, not the gathering. Because in the gathering, there is power. This is the word of the Lord. And if you can receive it, say amen.
0: We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. We hear from people all across the country about what God is doing through our podcast. And we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at bridgechurchnyc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for both of those social media outlets is at bridgechurchnyc. Our website is bridgechurchnyc.com.